I've got a set on my wife's car. I, I know several retailers who have them on their vehicles. Uh, it's a tire for tire people. And, and I think the big reason it's a tire for tire people is the tire that, uh, um, lets tire people think about something other than tires for a little while when you have it on your vehicle. <laughs> a tire for tire people. That's an excerpt from a conversation we had this month with Carson Cornelius of Zerker Tire. How important is it that those tires for tire people are now being crafted in the USA? That and more next on the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. Whether you're a driver who loves a good journey or a dealer selling tires, the road to success features a lot of the same stops. To make our journeys beautiful, we need premium, safe products that provide peace of mind in all conditions. And just like on the highway, it's a shared experience. At Nokian Tires, we provide those products with a side of passion. This podcast aims to showcase that shared passion among anyone who cares about the road ahead. Welcome to the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. Welcome into the July episode of the Nokian Tires Journey Podcast. I'm Nokian Tires, Senior Manager of Communications, West Bowling. A lot for you this month, and it's really going to all center around what's happening at our North American factory in Dayton, Tennessee. A big announcement for you in just a minute, and then an interview with Carson Cornelius. He manages operations for Zerker Tire, a great customer of ours with a large presence in the Midwestern United States. We asked Carson about the crafted in USA story. How much does it matter to retailers and to drivers that our products are made in the United States at our Dayton, Tennessee factory? Some really good answers from Carson about that. He also gets deeper into his relationship with Nokian Tires and his unique customer base, which stretches from Kentucky up to the upper Midwest. How does he manage that? What does the product mix look like? More from Carson in a minute, but uh, first some news from our Dayton factory. You are among the first to hear that Nokian Tires is completing the hiring process at the Dayton factory in our latest hiring push. We have added around 125 members to our factory team since March. And after summer shutdown, we came back, we completed that hiring process, and now we're getting ready to announce that publicly. Now we have more than 475 members at our Dayton factory as we look to double capacity to make as many as 4 million tires per year by 2024. That growth is significant, of course, as all of those tires are going to be all-season or all-weather products, including some all-terrain as well. So tires like the Outpost family, the new NAT, the uh, WRG4, of course, all-weather tire, and the extremely popular Nokian Tires 1, all those going to be made in Dayton, Tennessee. And that means, of course, uh, shorter delivery lead times for our customers and products that are tailored to the needs of North American drivers. And we will be officially making that announcement in a couple weeks, but wanted you to go ahead and know that we are nearly done with that hiring process and really eager for what's to come. Uh, in just a minute also, after our interview with Carson Cornelius, we're going to play for you an excerpt from uh, a podcast episode that we recorded Earlier this month, it was a bonus episode that talked about our journey to Finland and Romania with the New York Times. Uh, the New York Times ran a cover story in the business section on July 5th, the print edition July 6th, lead digital story, lead business section story about the building of the new Nokian tires. Why did we move to Romania? How does that work with our operations in Dayton and how are we bouncing back after our departure from Russia. It was a story compelling enough that the New York Times wanted to tell it. We're going to play an excerpt from that podcast interview as I talk about the process of how that story came together. But we also encourage you to check out 
the uh, New York Times digital edition. You can search for Nokian Tires, New York Times. It's going to come up. Uh, a really interesting story about the changes that happened to our company as a result of our exit from Russia. And I think it showcases our agility, uh, our values, and our ability to continue operating because we have great people and great products and a strong culture. Uh, it's certainly a tough time in our company's history, and we're really happy that we're at a place where we can look back now and tell that story to an outlet like the New York Times, who found it interesting enough to cover. But now our feature interview with Carson Cornelius. I was fortunate to sit down with Carson in Dayton recently. He was visiting the factory along with a group of some other customers and got a tour of the facility. It was his first visit to Dayton. We were pleased to show him what was happening in Dayton and the growth that was taking place. And when he got back, we reached out and said, hey, do you want to talk to us about it on the podcast? Because we wanted to know how important is that crafted in USA story to customers. And in Carson's case, managing operations for Zerker Tire, uh, it's also uh, an opportunity for him to talk about how he's telling that story to his retailers as they then are passing along that story to customers. A great conversation with Carson. Let's get you to it now. Well, this month, we're pleased to take a journey up to the beautiful and uh, now rainy Midwest uh, to join Carson Cornelius, Chief Operating Officer of Zercher Tire, a great customer of ours. I say now rainy because Carson, you were just complaining that the crops were struggling there for a lot of June because it was so dry. And now uh, not only are they getting some help with some rain, but we get to showcase our uh, our tires wet handling a little bit better probably than we did in June. Yes. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point, Wes. Um, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, that uh, had a really dry, had a really, really dry um, late spring, early summer uh, up here. Um, you know, our company kind of covers uh, Illinois and Indiana, Michigan, Iowa, Missouri. And, um, you know, we just across our trading uh, footprint, our market um, experienced, um, you know, an unusual drought type levels. But uh, um, thankfully, some good rains here in the last few weeks uh, and, and uh, everything's looking good. So we're happy. Great customer in the Midwest. Tell us a little more about your uh, your company. Zarcher, yeah. how, many, how many shops do you have? What's your history? What sets you apart? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, kind of start at the beginning of the story. Um, Zerker Tire was founded by a gentleman uh, by the name of Paul Zerker, um, who used a loan from the GI Bill uh, to start a uh, tire station, uh, tire changing station and uh, service station in Monroe, Indiana in 1948. So this is actually our, our 75th anniversary this year of being wow. in business. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. And the business has changed. Thank you. Thank you. The business has changed a little bit over time. Um, you know, originally retail and commercial uh, were a really big part of what Zerker Tire did. Uh, in the 80s, they added a wholesale division there in the uh, at the Monroe location. Um, but really 2019 for us is uh, is is when things started to change for Zerker Tire. Um, we uh, we merged Zerker Tire with a couple other distributors in the uh, Zerker Best One Buying Group. Uh, and that was statewide tire and uh, Southern Indiana tire. And, um, you know, they'd been around since 1971 and, and 1987, respectively. So we uh, we have an organization that has uh, a lot of experience in it. Um, but uh, whenever we put those locations together, we ended up with uh, with about six distribution centers at that time. And we uh, since then uh, acquired and added more. And, and uh, we're actually at 13 distribution centers uh, delivering to customers daily in the states I mentioned earlier. You know, Indiana, um, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois is where we're physically located and Michigan. Uh, and then we're distributing products also into Wisconsin and Kentucky and parts of Tennessee. Um, so we're uh, we're pretty, pretty well rooted here in the Midwest. Um, yeah. 
So it's really been the last four years that a lot of that uh, uh, change occurred and um, uh, out of the distribution centers. Uh, we still do have the retail and commercial operation in Monroe mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the distribution center. Um, but, um, you know, most of our business uh, is, I mean, we're 99% wholesale at this point. Well, starting with the foundation and growing from that as the COO, I'm sure it was immensely exciting, but also challenging to scale up so dramatically and to to join with other established companies. What tips do you have for, for others who may be currently navigating or may soon be navigating that M&A process and, and how you were able to grow while keeping your sense of identity as a company? Yeah, I, I think what worked for us is we worked, looked for uh, organizations um, that kind of went to market the same way we did. Uh, so that when we were coming in, um, it didn't feel as different for the customer base, because that's really one of your biggest concerns is losing the customer base. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's, I mean, uh, you can buy inventory, you can build buildings, you can buy trucks, um, and you can go out there and try and do something. But really, when you're when you're purchasing a business or merging with the business, you want that built in business, and you want to take care of that customer base. Yeah. Um, and so we looked for organizations that had, you know, sort of alignment. Uh, and and uh, their go-to-market strategy as we did, trying to create personal relationships with customers uh, and being able to provide them with some creative solutions. So, um, you know, I, I think you can do that mergers and acquisition thing however you want, but where I've seen it successful is when um, you're aligning with organizations that are already kind of like yours. There's less um, there's less obstacles to, uh, to continued progress, uh, at least in our experience. I guess the... The, the the growth in the geographic footprint expansion as well means maybe a little more variety in product segments as well, depending on some of those locations. Or what's your what's your mix of you know winter, all season, all weather, generally speaking, across across the company? Are you can see a little bit of everything, or or is yeah. it more of a traditional all season space? Um, that's it. it. You know what, Wes? That's a really great uh, question because that's actually what led to our relationship with Nokian Tires uh, was an acquisition in uh, in in Iowa um, and. Um, the Linder family, who has retail stores uh, still in the state of Iowa, had a wholesale division, uh, and we partnered up with them. Uh, again, a lot of alignment and how we went to the market, but the um, reason I'm bringing that up is that what we see across the uh, northern portion of our trade market and the, and the southern are actually different. We actually have a different demand for products from um, from that uh, small of a distribution territory. You know, we're not a company that sells in Alaska and Texas. We're a company that sells in Iowa and Missouri, which touch each other, but you have very <laughs> distinct markets. So yeah. uh, it kind of depends on what part of our uh, distribution footprint you're in uh, on what the demand is for that. We, we do see some demand for all weather, um, but I would say that, you know, as you get to the, the southern portions of our trading, um, our trading area, you know, our southern Missouri, southern Indiana, Kentucky, um, those areas uh, aren't necessarily as um, excited about the all weather um, mm -hmm. as they are the all season. But I think whenever you explain some of the benefits you can have in all weather when it comes to rain um, and, and handling and, and the little bit of inclement weather they get, uh, or explaining that it's not a snow tire because sometimes they see an all weather and think it looks like a snow tire. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's um, as you sell those other benefits for that area, it becomes an applicable product for them. Uh, in our northern territory, um, maybe it's because we're not quite up in uh, northern Minnesota or something, but we've actually seen uh, the all weather segment growing a lot faster uh, yeah. and maybe seeing a little bit of uh, um, uh, reduced sales in snow tires. Um, as, uh, as some people have started to migrate towards that product. So we've seen both all season and snow categories give up tires to all weather uh, in the northern portions of our territory. So it does kind of depend on what part of our company you're in. 
Um, but all three, all three are necessary uh, for us still. Um, it's just maybe the proportion of all weather uh, does continue to grow in, in all those territories. And of course, the all season and all weather tires now being made in the United States, crafted in the USA at our Dayton factory, which you, know, you visited last month. It was great sitting down. First of all, giving given a tour and, and talking about the facility, but then sitting down and kind of just chatting uh, down in Chattanooga and, and enjoying that visit together. What do you think of your visit to to Dayton? And does it help you then kind of reinforce that that crafted in USA story to your associates who are on the front line selling these tires and, and to your customers? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. I think it does. We've been fortunate enough to send uh, a couple representatives before me as well, uh, and and I think that um, it really impresses uh, the people that see it to see uh, the level of um, automation that exists. Um, the uh, I think one of the things that was really impressive in in your factory is um, we probably got to see more and understand more about the um, the unique uh, uh, mixing strategies uh, you have and how you guys handle a lot of the uh, uh, other materials that are put into tires outside of uh, uh, natural rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that was really impressive because that's not necessarily something we see emphasized as much whenever we take some of these tours. So um, knowing how much time and expertise is put into the compounding of uh, of your products, you know, it 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 shows it in their performance. Um, but uh, yeah, very, very impressive uh, facility there. Um, you know, I, I think that um, it's one of the exciting things is that we found ways to to, um, you know, make tires in the United States and, and um, for our customers to be able to afford them and doing that. One question that we discussed as a group and had really kind of productive and, and back and forth discussion about down in Dayton was how to tell that that crafted in USA story. You know, mm-hmm. is it a selling story on its own to to a lot of customers, a lot of tire buyers, or is it more of an icing on the cake? You know, here are the features and benefits but also as a clincher, you know, it's craft in the U.S. Where do you fall on that? Do you think a lot of folks come in, they say, I want something that's made in the U.S. and then let's talk features and benefits, or is it more the other side? I want a really good tire at the price point I want it at, and maybe the tie-breaking decision is crafted in, in the U.S. It is probably a bit more impactful than a tie-breaking decision, maybe a little bit more than icing on the cake. Um, I think one of the things that is important factor in that equation uh, is is the performance of the tire. Uh, right. So being able to talk about how not only is this made in America, but this is one of the best performing tires you're going to have in these applications. Um, that That is important as well, because uh, I, I think that if it was just made in America, there might be some people that would still want it. But if it doesn't perform as well as some of the other items, I mean, people really want to be able to put tires on. And, and I'm probably talking more from a wholesale standpoint, dealing with retailers. Um, the retailers think it's important uh, because they're able to sell it that way. But the retailers also don't want to get tires back. They don't want to mm-hmm. see tires again. So when we say, hey, Nokian is an amazing manufacturer. They're building these tires in Tennessee. You can put them on the cars. They're going to perform great. No one's going to think about their tires in situations where they should probably be worried if they had something else on their vehicle. Um, And you're going to be able to say that they're supporting uh, uh, manufacturing in the United States, which I think through uh, the supply chain issues we saw in the pandemic, which I I hate to see the ah, say the P word. Um, easy for me to say, but I hate to see uh, say the P word. But um, you know, in thinking about the supply chain issues we ran into during the pandemic, when we were having such a hard time getting product into this country, and when it was becoming so expensive to get product into this country, um, you know, I, I think we all have found that there is uh, 
um, that there is a, a lot gained as a society when we have manufacturing here that we can access um, without having all those logistical issues. Um, so you, you, you kind of put that all together. Uh, and I, I think that the factor itself is uh, maybe more impactful than uh, just being a, um, a clincher, uh, but a major portion of the decision when it's mixed with the quality of the product. I was going to ask about the the benefit of the shorter lead times and better availability. And there was you know New York Times story written about us here in recent weeks talking about moving production closer to distribution for a lot of reasons. I mean, yeah. COVID, the the war in Ukraine, of course, major impact on us as a company. So I'll put in another shameless plug to folks to go check out that that story because it talks about that. But yeah. as then the Dayton factory is going from making around 2 million tires this year to, to doubling that by 2024. I mean, do you do you think that's going to be an opportunity to, to grow your volume as well because it's going to help that availability? I guess what I'm saying is, do you think there's unconstrained demand for our products that's exceeding the supply you have now that, that you're going to be able to sell once you have more product in hand? Yes, definitely. Um, we, we know that. Um, I, I think that where we see that most is with um, our retailers uh, and retail customers who have been buying your products uh, for years. Uh, and and really, after we get that first set on a customer's vehicle, uh, it's amazing how many uh, other opportunities we get to replace their tires on vehicles they buy or later with your product as well. Uh, so I think there's no question that having those tires um, is going to is going to help us. Um, you know, we probably lost some opportunities here over the last you know couple of years, and and mm-hmm. we understand why. Um, and uh, I, I think the great thing is that the brand had built up so much equity with the customers um, that uh, that there is demand out there, and and as those uh, as those units become available from the Tennessee factory, um, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of uh, uh, positive trends in the sales of your product. We're really excited to see that as well with you guys and with with others around around the country, around North America. We'll close by asking you how you know how you've found it most effective to tell the Nokia entire story to retailers you work with. How what what you're hearing from them about talking to customers. So I guess step on the pulpit here. What advice do you have for for your fellow folks in the industry, uh, retailers, wholesalers? about most effective ways to sell Nokia Tires products to people who look that after that first set, yeah, they're coming back, but you have to introduce them to the first set. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good question. Um, I I think the way I think about this uh, is the same, the same selling point to uh, our retail customers, our our retailers, our dealers that are installing them uh, and the retail customer. It's, it's the same story um, that, uh, that leads to excitement uh, you have a brand uh, that is that is highly engineered. It is proven over time. It is it is uh, put into positions uh, and tested in positions that most tires will never be tested in. And um, that's obviously evident in some of the videos you can find out there on social media from Nokian Tires and some of the some of the interesting uh, demonstrations you all have done in the past. But uh, you, you've got a brand here that um, now uh, is proud to be manufactured in the United States. Um, it's growing its presence in the United States. It's creating products uh, for the conditions that we drive our vehicles in. Uh, and it's a brand um, that is is focused on providing a um, a product to a customer um, that's gonna gonna exceed their expectations. It's something they don't have to think about. Uh, and again, that gets back to maybe something I said a little bit earlier. But that this this really is a tire for tire people as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's something we put on our own vehicles. Uh, I've I've got a set on my wife's car. I, I know several retailers who have them on their vehicles. 
uh, it's a tire for tire people. And, and I think the big reason it's a tire for tire people is tire that uh, um, lets tire people think about something other than tires for a little while when you have it on your vehicle. <laughs> Wow. Beautifully said. And we call those videos that you referenced um, reasons to believe because we want to showcase why you should. And that's it's we actually hadn't done that in a while, but we will occasionally and even internally will refer to them as that. And we thank you for believing in us as a tire person who's talking to other tire people. Um, The tire for tire people. We found our headline for this story, I believe. You you can have it. Thank you. Well, we'll give you credit. We'll give you credit. I'd I'd appreciate that. Carson, thank you so much. Best of luck to the the Hawkeyes as they get ready for college football season. Yeah, go Hawks. We might have a quarterback this year, so that's exciting. Uh, Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Should be interesting, and uh, we'll see if the offensive play calling gets any better. But uh, fingers crossed for you, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Wes. We appreciate the chance to sit down with Carson and chat about that important topic. The reason, of course, that we're making tires here in the U.S. Number one is to shorten delivery lead times so we don't have to rely on the global supply chain quite as much to get those tires to the warehouses and ultimately to you. We're also able to tailor products to the needs of North American drivers. And and as Romania comes online here in the next couple of years, then we can make all of our North American tires here, Central European tires in Romania, winter tires and Nordic tires in Finland. And it helps us to align that global distribution network and production network with the needs of our customers, but also the product types with the needs of our drivers. So we're really pumped about that growth. And that's the story we told the New York Times. We traveled to Finland, to Romania, with a stopover in Hungary with Patty Cohen, the global economics correspondent for the New York Times. Again, you can check out that story, a digital feature, and uh, in the front page of the business section on July 5th and 6th, respectively. Uh, here's an excerpt from uh, our, our account of that trip to, uh, to Romania and to Finland. Uh, give you a little idea of, uh, of what that experience was like. We encourage you to check out the full podcast episode, the most recent podcast in the feed before this one, uh, that talks for about 15, 20 minutes or so about why the story came together, how it came together, and why we believe it was important an important opportunity uh, for us. So here's a quick excerpt as we tell the story of how that visit came about. The site in Oradia is vast. It is really impressive. Even though we went uh, just a month and a half after, not even a month and a half, a month after the groundbreaking event, uh, and, and the ground was mud, they'd already laid the first foundation for part of the mixing building, I believe it was. There were dozens of of diggers excavators dump trucks uh, digging and hauling out earth and it was clear the progress at that site was going to happen quickly because of the hunger for growth and that was the subject of our conversations with patty uh, throughout that trip was that that hunger for growth it even extended to the border guards uh, by the way uh, between hungary and romania we got stopped at the border uh, between Hungary and Romania, we're exiting basically the Eurozone travel area, and so they had to check our passports. And they noticed there was a Finn, there was an American, there was a Romanian driver, and there was an American who lived in London. And so they took a little extra time to look at our passports. You could say we were stopped at the border. We weren't detained, we stayed in our car, but we had to sit, and it looked like we were going to have to sit for a while. Our driver went to check on things. He came back, he said, all right, we're good. We said, what did you do? And he said, well... I was friends with one of the border guards, and his wife owns a cleaning service in Aradia, which is just 10 kilometers away, and she's very excited about Nokian Tires coming to town. We both are, and so they just want to say good luck to you guys and have a nice day. So, I mean, there was no bribery here. Nothing inappropriate happened, but the excitement around our growth 
even helped us get into Romania in the first place without a hassle. <laughs> that was a uh, characteristic of, of really the whole trip, appreciation for Nokian tires and our growth process. So if we were to sum up this episode, it is growth in Dayton matters. It matters to our customers. It matters to our drivers. It, of course, matters to us here at Nokian Tires. And it even matters to the New York Times. We appreciate the coverage. We appreciate your listening today. And uh, we look forward to continuing to update you on what's happening in Dayton here in North America and beyond. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Nokian Tires is a global tire manufacturer passionate about providing drivers and dealers with peace of mind in all conditions. We're committed to crafting safe, sustainable, premium tire products that lead the industry in innovation. And this podcast is just one of many ways we're striving to be a close partner to you. If you have any feedback or ideas for the show, don't hesitate to reach out. My email address is west.bowling, that's B-O-L-I-N-G, at Nokian Tires, with a Y, dot com. Until next time, keep on rolling.